The Peabody and Emmy Award-winning 30 for 30 documentary film series presents The Tuck Rule, a documentary that examines one of the most controversial plays in sports history. See the legendary Charles Woodson and Tom Brady, who you may have heard retired recently, hear them discuss for the first time the call that changed it all. Watch live February 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, also available the next day on ESPN+. Plus. Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here with ESPN's senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. It's uh, it's interesting, uh, we're about a week to a trade deadline and so... That's, I heard, uh, heard about that. Yeah, you know, it's like the calm before the storm or maybe the calm before the nothing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll it might be, <laughs> might be more like it might be more like that. But listen, this whole trade deadline is still Ramona, obviously built around Ben Simmons. And and I, I want to start with uh, the piece you wrote uh, for ESPN Plus, uh, really a tremendous behind the scenes of where we are, uh, how we've gotten there or how they've gotten there, we're not there, how they've gotten there in Philadelphia <laughs> with Ben Simmons. And this is a story that we've all together been reporting day by day for months. You took a step back in this piece, Ramona. I know you talked to everybody involved. What surprised you about what you found in your reporting uh, in this piece that, that maybe the day-to-day wasn't maybe illuminating to you or to any of us? You know, I, I think, um, Adrian, the, the thing that keeps jumping out at me and, and, and like the more I was getting into what Ben Simmons' life has been like the last few months, I was just struck by like, I mean, he's driving all over Philly to find a, a place to train, to find some place where he's not going to get seen by, you know, people and thrown on social media. He's organizing runs of five on five guys all over the city. I mean, it's just a lot of work for him to organize all of this himself. And it felt so unnecessary when he could just go to the practice facility. Like the Sixers say they want him back, but if he doesn't want to train with the team or their coaches, he's absolutely free to train at the facility at any point. And you just keep coming back to this feeling of like, he's so uncomfortable there. He's so uncomfortable just being in Philadelphia, being in this situation. It's so toxic that he will literally drive an hour out of his way every single day, go to a public health club to lift weights, do anything he has, you know, at the high school gyms and he went, got over to St. Joe's like he's, you know, he's do all of it just to avoid being in that gym. And I'm just, you know, I know we've all talked about mental health and we've all talked about, what does that mean here? Uh, the guy has been fined $19 million. It'll be almost all of his salary by the time this, the season's up if he's not trading, if he doesn't play. That's a that's a lot to do to avoid playing for a team. That's just really a lot. Like he, you know, when we talk about mental health, like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about your job. There's things I don't like doing in my job, right? But I, I don't think I would leave money every single second. I love the transcription the most. Um, <laughs> right. But like, there's things, I don't think I would leave a dollar on the table, <laughs> you know, like there's things I don't like doing, but I, I wouldn't leave money on the table. So like whatever he's going through, um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to say, like he's, 
you know, there's a, there's an honesty in a way he's going about it. Like he really is leaving a lot of money on the table, going to great lengths to not put himself in that environment that he finds very toxic. Yeah, that was really uh, an illuminating part of your reporting, Ramona, was a little uh, a window into the why and and mm-hmm. it is a lot of money the fines continue to stack up and there may be at some point uh, some kind of an arbitration with the players association yep. at some point they'll try to get it back or some sh- uh, mm-hmm. part of it back they may not have the ability to do that and i think He's flying a little bit blind with that, not knowing exactly how that may play out. But I think he's been warned that you may not get any of it back, like you said, if you don't get traded. And I think the question, if there's not a trade, and we'll talk about possibilities of a trade, but Mm -hmm. Ramona, if there's not a trade at the deadline, and now you have this window from February 10th until Philly's eliminated from the playoffs, Philly has held out certainly not an expectation he would play, I guess uh, hope is the word. I think that's probably too strong that he might be convinced to come back and play. And I think certainly there's some gamesmanship there because if you give them any inkling that you would be willing to play after the trade deadline, well, they're not going to trade you for these deals they don't want. So we know that there's some gamesmanship on both sides in this, but in your reporting, do you get any sense that because the only reason you would come back is to get paid? We we know it doesn't really want to be a part of that group anymore. A- any sense that it's a that there's a fleeting chance he would wear that uniform again this season? So the people whose opinion I trust the most on this say no. Um, that he's really dug in, and if anything, I mean, just having covered this, don't you feel like? it's almost gotten mm-hmm. harder for him to come back the longer yes. he's been away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I kept having this image in my head that, you know, I, I read a book once it was called Adrift, and it was about this guy. He, he was like shipwrecked. He was on a life raft and he was stuck in the middle of the ocean. And like, he doesn't even really feel the waves, the current and all, and, but no one could ever find him because the current, you don't feel it. You know, it just blows you a, a thousands of miles off course. Like it's kind of what it feels like. Like he's, if he would have come back for the Olympics and just kind of faced it and got in, mm-hmm. get got, get back on the horse, you know, there's a new game and, and I think he would have done great. Um, I think th- this would all have been over by now. Um, if the, the, I think the biggest window for him to come back and rejoin the team was when he got on the plane, flew back, was there for a couple of days of practice, didn't really do anything, didn't have a great attitude about it, but he did eventually open up to the team and tell him that he didn't feel mentally ready to play. And he was, for him, that was a big admission. You know, I mean, it's hard to talk about mental health, especially when you're, you know, a, a, a basketball player who can do basically anything on the court. Right. It's, it's hard to admit that to people. And I think it, there was some rallying around him, but very quickly afterwards was the, was the practice where he refused to go in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I've yeah. heard is, you know, he had told doc rivers, I, I don't feel ready to play. And, and Doc's stance has always been very consistent, which is you're under contract. If you're going to be here, I expect you to play. And like, he's Doc's like, I got to coach the team. We, he said this every time, anytime he's asked about it, he's, I got to coach the guys on the team who are here and ready to play. So if you're in the gym and you're ready to play, let's go. Um, and, and I understand that, but it's um, I think that incident where he got kicked out of practice, that was kind of the, that was, I don't know how you come back from that one. It's, and it's and Adrian, the, the thing that gets me is like, he's literally sitting at home. And this is a house that he built in 2019. This is not, this is like new construction. When mm-hmm. he built this, things were good. 
This is where he was going to stay forever. You know, yeah, he's the he face signed, of the franchise. He signed a yeah. five-year extension. Exactly. This is your forever home. And he he's living in this house. It's been put on the market. Okay. So he's living in a house that's like littered for sale. There are pictures of it on the internet. Like you can go on Zillow and find this. And it has pictures of his rooms and his jerseys on the wall. And he's get every night around 10 o'clock, he gets the daily schedule from the Sixers. And it's like, well, if you want to build this arbitration case and show up, you have to show up when they tell you to be there. This is your schedule. He shows up. Nobody really wants him there, right? It's a distraction for the team who, by the way, is a game out of first game and a half, uh, they're half a game out of first now um, <laughs> playing really well. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody wants us to be a distraction. And he shows up and he kind of, he's kind of invisible. Like there's not really a plan to reintegrate him into the team. It's like, here's your schedule. We have to go through the, you guys, you have to go through the dance of showing up. We have to go through the dance of saying, it's okay. You know, go on home. He stays for a half hour or something. And that's it. There's not like a big plan to get him back in the team. And I, I I guess I understand it from both sides, right? He doesn't want to be back. So why would you waste energy trying to reintegrate him? But how do you know if you'll come back? if you don't make a plan for him to come back. So uh, do you see a path forward? I don't know. You cover it as much as I do. Well, that imagery in your story, Ramona, too, about him watching these games, I think that probably would surprise people oh, that man. he's that he's watching the games, that he's not... That blew my mind, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. I don't yeah. know what it's telling of, but it, it's it's interesting. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The question I've asked a lot lately around there and around people there is, you know, where where Joel Embiid is on this and, and, and it sure seemed to me and I'm getting this and, and you would certainly know yeah. too, but I think there was this wonderment people had that as we got closer to the trade deadline, that Joel Embiid would really start pressuring the organization and say, Come on, I don't yeah. want to waste this year. We're, we we could we have a chance. Go to ownership, go to Daryl Morey, go to Doc and say you know, when, a, when the star player puts that pressure on and says, mm-hmm. just make a trade, just get what we can get for him so we don't. And it's just the opposite. Joel Embiid's having the time of his life. Right now, he's probably the MVP of the league. And if he, yep. if he continues to play this way and they continue to win, maybe not at the clip they're at. I don't know that they're going to. You know, right? Like you said, they're 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 just knocking on the door first place. But if they're in the top three or four, and there's no reason they shouldn't be, barring him missing an extended period, you saw what they did mm-hmm. without him against Memphis the other night, which was, you know, dramatic yeah. win. Joel Embiid's got a very good chance, maybe as good as chance he'll ever have, because it's hard. It's yeah, it, it, like it, it's hard to win the MVP. It is, and he's going to do it. And so this idea that jo- Joel does not see this as a wasted year. And by the way, whenever they lose in the postseason, 
assuming they lose and they don't go on to win a championship, no one is blaming Joel Embiid. When that season ends for the Sixers, they're going to blame Daryl Morey for not making a trade. They'll blame Doc Rivers, even though Doc Rivers should absolutely be in the coach of the year conversation mm-hmm. right now. But Joel's probably, I mean, not knowing how it ends, but he's just going to be seen as the guy who put this organization on his back this year. And so they don't have that issue of Joel, you know, pining at management ownership to do a deal. And I think that only strengthens Daryl Morey's resolve to not do a deal at the trade deadline and to wait until the offseason and when he'll go after James Harden, he'll go after you know any other number of guys who may become available or who may not become available, but the pool of players now, and we can get into that. But I, I just think the Joel part of this is really interesting, and it's not playing out exactly how many of us thought it might because, like, he's having a blast. I mean, this is the best he's ever played. I mean, I think we can undisputably say that like he's, he was really good last year too, but I think he's even better this year. Um, he's, he's almost like if he, I think, I think I got the numbers, right. If he scores 34 points in his next game, he's going to take over the scoring leader lead in the league from Kevin Durant. He'll be the leading scorer in the NBA. Like that's, that's pretty unheard of for, for a center like that. Um, you know, I don't think Shaq ever averaged 30 points a game. He's close to that. He's 29 point something right now. He could get 30 a game, mm-hmm. 30 a game for the whole year. Um, but I think the most important press conference of the year so far is exactly what you pointed out. Joel was asked, do you feel any urgency to make a trade right now because of how well you are playing? Should the Sixers do something now to get you some more help? Right. And he said, I don't feel any urgency at all. I don't think we should feel any urgency to do anything, we have everything we need. Now, this was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but Joel knows very well how much power he has in the city of Philadelphia, right? Like, especially when you're playing mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So for he, he knows anytime he wants to put his finger on the scale and say, we got to do this, he doesn't even have to say it publicly. He could go into Daryl Morey's office and say it there. He could talk to ownership. But he said that publicly, which just took all the pressure off the front office to make a deal. And help them in some ways, you know, in terms of leverage now and later, because if your star player is not saying, Hey, let's do this. We're going to waste my best year. Then, then they can make a a, a long-term move. Now, I think what's interesting too, though, is he is probably the favorite for the MVP right now. I mean, you could, there'll be a lot of discussion about John Morant and Jokic again. Let's wait till Kevin Durant comes back and see how he was, you know, how he does when he comes back. He was right in that, that conversation, Steph Curry. There's, there's a lot of good names. Okay. Um, and it's a long ways to go. I mean, I would have said Joel was going to be the MVP last year at this time too. And then he got hurt again. So, right, right. Um, but, but it does, you're right. It doesn't put any pressure on the Sixers to do anything. And then what you really come back to is, do you think his value, do you think Ben Simmons value goes up or down by waiting? I would argue it goes down because, you know, he sat out a year. It's, but I, I've called it, you know, you call around the league more than anybody. Um, I don't know. He's still 25 years old and he's a really damn good player. Yeah. The, the value is there are a lot of teams who want him, Yep. but I don't know. There's anybody who thinks we can't live without him. We have to mm-hmm. get him and that you're seeing that play out and they certainly don't value him at the level that Philly has wanted um, in trade packages. And so you've seen, 
you know, we reported last week, Sacramento said we're out. And they've been, they've been telling teams that. Like other teams, they don't want to get, they feel like not only is the asking price too high from Philly, that even if it went down some, it would still be too mm-hmm. high, that it won't get far enough down for them. Yeah. To make a deal, and they just don't want to waste time on it. They they've got to improve their team in sack, or they've got to they know they've got to yeah. make some deals, and they want other teams to know, hey, we're really engaged with you, trying to find something. And I and I think they're a team that was really motivated, you know, really likes Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and there were some pieces on each side that possibly could have made sense for a trade. And so they're out. Brooklyn has made it clear, don't call us about James Harden. We're not doing a deal at the trade deadline with you on Harden. And so, and the rest of the teams, there are a lot of GMs too who will tell you. I had one tell me today who have certainly a team that has the pieces to do mm-hmm. a Ben Simmons trade. I'm waiting. Daryl's got to call me. I'm not calling him. <laughs> like he's got to call me with offers. And and there are teams who feel that. that That's that, interesting. That Daryl has to be in Philly, Daryl Elton Brand, their front office. They need to hear from them. They're not calling and courting this deal or courting them that that's not how you that's not how you do trades with Daryl Morey. And so I think Daryl will be on the phone. I think Philly is going to engage. I think they the threshold will stay high for all the reasons we talked about. Yeah. They they're dealing in a position of some strength uh, because of how they've played and and how it's gone and the belief that in the offseason there are more, starting with James Harden, if they think they can get at Harden and figure out a pathway to get him in either a sign-and-trade or free agency, which is really hard given yeah. they would really have to do some dramatic things with their roster to create the space. Um, and I think Brooklyn's attitude is simply, we need to win. If we win, yep. we will take care of all this. We are not going to worry about Philly. We're not going to worry about Harden. Leaving anybody who knows free agency knows there's a roller coaster players go on all year long. And, mm-hmm. and there may be a two week span that if someone's overhearing a guy, you'd go, oh man, that guy's definitely leaving. And it's like, I always tell people, it's like anybody else in their job when you're mm-hmm. griping about it or you hear somebody griping, you know, yeah. somebody can listen to you over a several day span and go, wow, Ramona is not re-upping in yeah. ESPN, <laughs> you know, but it's just every, but that is true of everybody in every walk of life. Yeah. This is different. Um, but it's not different. And so like, it'll change a hundred times between now yeah. and free agency and for Brooklyn, they have to win. And if they win, that helps to take care of things anyway. So I think that Philadelphia and Daryl Morier, I think they feel emboldened. I, I really do think they're emboldened yep. to go into the summer with this thing. And I do think they'll engage with teams, yep. but right now I don't see anybody who is like, we have to get Ben Simmons at the trade deadline. We need him the rest of the way this season. You don't know what you'll get from him this year. And I think that probably keeps Philly from getting some overwhelming offer that they feel like they have to take and they they don't want to hold off till the summer. But that, that again, it can change. You know, this, this is when it comes back to the fundamental question of would Ben come back if he's not traded? Okay, so there's, you know, he's staying ready. Apparently, he's in great shape. He can, if he's traded, you know, my understanding is 
I don't think he would be ready to go right away. There would probably be a couple of weeks where he'd be working with his therapist to kind of really get himself in, you know, just feel ready to play mentally um, if he's traded. So it's not like an immediate thing, but it would be, I, I think, fairly soon if he's traded. But if he's not traded, what does he do? What's the next move? Like, do you stay in Philadelphia and keep showing up in the background just to kind of punch in and say, I was here? Do you say, all right, I'm going to, I'll actually try to play for the team. Let's see how this goes. And I, that's one thing. It's, it's interesting. The most people, like when I bring that idea up, but would you be worried that he would sabotage, you know, the, the team? Like, let's say, okay, I'm going to show up and I'll start playing for you now, but I'm going to be a total jerk about it. Like, you know, let's, I, the, 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 you know, the, the most recent example, Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, right? I mean, well, that practice is legendary. Yeah, but, <laughs> right? but he doesn't. And listen, no. they know better than anybody in Philly. They've had both of them. They had them together. Uh, ben doesn't have that in him. Jimmy no. will go. Ben will let other, you know, sometimes it's you need other people to do that for you. You need your agent yeah. to be the bad guy. And you need Jimmy was fully willing to play yep. that role, be the villain. Yep. That's not Ben Simmons. And that's yep. not what you've seen. He 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 would pref- I think he would prefer to avoid any of that confrontation. Yeah. Right. Totally. And I and I I feel kind of bad, just like as a on the one hand, you know, you see the professionalism aspect, like you're under contract, you have four four years. And part of me is a former athlete. So you know I my background with this is, you know, I was a softball player in college and I I had the case of the Ipsis myself once, right? And so I know how much that affects every aspect of your life. Like when you all of a sudden, you know, it was like I got to college, my coach changed my throwing motion a little bit. I started thinking about throwing for the first time. I'd never had a problem doing it before. And all of a sudden now I'm thinking about it and I started aiming the ball and it's really, it really gets into your soul. Like you just, you feel like there's everything, all your insecurities can become wrapped up in this thing. But, you know, I went and read all my sports psychology books. I have the mental game of tennis highlighted and, you know, and I got all these tools to work with it. And it's really hard to get back on the horse after you have something like that, especially when it blows up on you. Like I had a game where, you know, I, I mean, I, I literally, you know, blew the game. Like I, I dropped the ball in the outfield cause I was trying to on the miss, I messed it up on the transfer and it was, you know, it's a playoff game and it was horrible. And so like, but it's like, you just get back on the horse at some point you just face it and you're, you're ashamed, but it's almost better that you have an, a game the next day cause you can play and play through it. And so there's a part of me that's like, I, I, I wish for him that he would just play through it, that he could just get back and it's going to be awful. Whatever he, if he ever comes back in Philly, it, w- whether it's a home player or a defensive or, or, you know, an away player, right? Like if he's traded and he plays for another team, no matter what, he is going to get booed mercilessly. It's going to be awful. But if he plays and, you know, there's like more than one person has said to me, what if he goes out there and shoots three threes in a row? I think they would, you know, listen, given the way this team's playing and yeah. how badly they wanted to win in Philly. Yeah. If Ben Simmons shows up, I think that city, all he needs is for Joel, Doc Rivers, yep. Tobias Harris to say, come on, guys, we need you to support him. We yeah. can win it. We can do this. He's coming back to play. I bet you the opening night there, he'd get a standing ovation. Do you think so? I really do. I wow. really, because I think now maybe if he had come back at the beginning of the season and early, but given the momentum of this team, there's just such a yeah. feeling in that building right now mm-hmm. that I think they would say, okay, he's here. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I. Well, you're maybe. closer to Philly than I am. You know, I mean, you're no, you're I don't. Close, I'm, you know? It's a guess. I, but I think all yeah. he'd have to go out. Certainly, all he would have to do 
is go out and make a play or two. Yeah. Go out and fill up a passing lane, get yep. a steal, throw it down court to Maxi, back to him for the dunk, and yep. they'd be off to the races. And of course that would happen because that's what happens mm-hmm. when he's on the court. He's a, great, but, he's a brilliant player. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and so, he knows that. I, I think he's yep. played there enough to know what it's like when it's going well. It's yep. also really bad when it isn't. But he knows if you show people in that city that you are willing to play hard and like really, you know, compete. Yeah. And, and of course, you got to perform at a high level. Like it's like anywhere else. Now they yeah. can be. It's a brutal city when you're not going well. Yeah. Um. But I, I just, I think it's more than that. I don't think it's as simplistic as that. I'm not pretending to know all the. Yeah. All the issues that are that are stuff. that are yeah that are keeping yep. him from playing right now. Well, it's it started with the on court stuff, right? But then it's become more than that over time. You know, there's a lot of trust issues that have happened. You know, this has been a this has been a contentious back and forth. They're finding him. They're not finding him. He's getting kicked out of practice. He's, you know, I mean, there's there's a sort of um, there's a detail in the story about you know he he was in L.A. all summer. No one came to see him and. And uh, they all, but you know, the, everyone, not just, and it's not just Doc Rivers who lives in LA in the off season. It's, it's, you know, there's several people who are in LA, who were in Los Angeles, but you know, he, they would all text him or call him and he wouldn't answer the phone. He was not answering their calls. And, and there was this sense of like, you know, should, why don't they just doorstep him? Like show up at the gym and, you know, and, yeah. and, and I understand the back and forth of it. I mean, part of me is like, I, I, I guess I can see it from both sides, which is if you really want Ben Simmons back, Right. If you really want him back in your organization, you don't let the fact that he's ghosting you stop you. But right. I know myself, like if somebody doesn't answer my call, it probably means they don't want to talk to me. You know, like well, there, just, there was a lot of they were yeah. told not. I mean, Ramona, they were told not me to, if I'm yeah. wrong. They were told not to come out. They said, we yeah. want to come. And they he said, do not come. I mean, yeah. that I do that remember that, that correctly. That was at the end I? of the summer. Yeah, that was at yes, the end of the that summer. was the end of the summer. Yeah. And I think like. I think there's a sense that like things look different in hindsight than they do in the moment. So at the moment he probably didn't want him to come, but now it's, it's uh well, they don't, how much they really want me back if they don't show up, you know, they don't show up and talk to me. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of this is because it has sat so long because it's been four months of nothing, four months of, I mean, somebody described it like Ben's there, like they see him around. He shows up to the facility when he's supposed to be there, but he's kind of invisible. Like he's, he tries not to get in the way and they don't want him to be a distraction. It's a very, it's a very awkward scene. Um, and so I think, um, you know, when something sits for a long time, when you have an issue, like, I, I don't know how you are in your life, but I, I usually don't let things sit for that long. Cause you know, that, you know, things get, they, they don't just sit, they go, they get rancid, you know, and that's it, what it feels like when you dive into this story. Um, yeah. Rancid is a good word. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I, you know, head- I, I like to. I like to write to music, you know, and I, and I always have a song in my head when I'm doing a story. And this one was obvious. It was that U2 song, right? Well, I was just going to, I was just going to ask you about that. (laughs) Yeah. It was your headline. It was your Twitter headline, which if people don't understand, we kind of write our own little tweet, what we think the story is. And then the headline that the editors put on, on ESPN.com is typically something different or whatever, but yours was Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers are stuck in a moment, I kind of thought it was the U2 song, but I'm yeah. like, maybe I'm missing, but, but it was right. That's what you were thinking. I mean, literally all weekend I'm listening to you got stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. Don't say that tomorrow we'd be better. You know, I mean, it's like, it's that's, that's where they've been for eight months, yeah. eight months. 
oh my God. You know, <laughs> like, did you ever think this should go on this long when it started last June? Chicago pre-draft camp. I remember you had a story about this. Like, yeah. uh, Rich Paul's this talking long? to the to the Sixers oh, yeah, about right. his future. That's right, Rich. That was the with, first story. That was the first. I remember that Chicago he was Chicago pre-draft right. camp. Yep. yep. I mean, met, you know, I never thought Chicago. it would last this long. Yeah, probably maybe, not. No, maybe the no, draft. No, I, you know, they probably get moved to the draft, no. and if not after that, probably by the you know after free agency or something when people realize who yeah. they got and didn't get. I never thought it would go this long. It's unprecedented. We just have not had something. Yeah. Like this, uh, you know, Billy, Jimmy Butler wanted out of Minnesota early yeah. that season, late in the summer, early, and he was out by well before the trade deadline. He was yeah. out in James Harden wanted out. It took him a, a month or so. January, but he, right? Yeah, it was he Jan- still played? Like, yeah, he played, played in Houston. I don't think well played air quotes around that. Yeah, yeah, he um, did play. <laughs> sort you of. know, but he sort of yeah. Uh, but you know, they eventually these things usually resolve, right? They usually. They usually get worked out with within a little while. And this one just keeps going. And I don't I don't see an end in sight except for maybe this summer. But we would have said the same thing about the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, no question. Well, trade deadline is February 10th coming up next next week. Cool. So we'll be talking, writing, reporting more on Ben Simmons and the Sixers. If you haven't read it yet, go do it. It's on ESPN.com. You got to have ESPN Plus. Just pay the subscription. It's worth it. You can read Ramona. She's going to write two big ones like this a month. You had Russell Westbrook uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, which could be a whole nother. We could do 30 minutes on that, and I'm sure yeah. we will. But Ben Simmons. But Ramona, thank you for jumping in. I know we will, we will talk here soon, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today. ESPN senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, the Low Post with Zach Lowe, and the Adam Schefter podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.